went to Arizona State. Right. I'm a sun devil, man. State of the Sun Devils with Jeremy Schnell, Jesse Morrison, and Mitch Bereldis, an Arizona sports podcast. Hello and welcome into another edition of State of the Sun Devils here on Arizona Sports and ArizonaSports.com. I'm Mitch Vareldis. He's Jesse Morrison. No Jeremy Chanel today. And Jesse, I think he has a pretty good reason why he's meeting the president. Yeah, I don't know if he's meeting the president, but he's going to be around the president. He's in the vicinity of the president of the United States. In the vicinity. So he told us. And the McCain's. He told us, I can't talk about ASU today because I have to give my thoughts on ASU to President Biden. Sure. Oh, that was his exact word. Sure. And uh, he did give me a prediction that we'll get to for the Ooh. for the Cal games. This, so. this should be a fun one in terms of just a tangent for a sec. This should be a fun one in terms of predictions, because yeah. as we'll get into in a minute, Cal is, you know, they're competing this year and they're playing very good football. But at the same time, they're coming off of a blowout loss against one of the better teams in the Pac-12. So it'll be an interesting one. I can't wait to hear what his prediction is. I'm going to say it right now. I've never been more excited to predict a game than I am today. I don't know why that is, but I'm just excited to get to our prediction segment of this show. This is the most excited I've seen you about any segment. Really? To be honest. Yeah, maybe. I could be wrong, but... Okay, first I off, I do see volleyball on the show sheet, so maybe that's when it'll happen. I'm going to get very excited about that. But <laughs> first off, I do need to clarify because going into this, I watched some Cal tape against Washington, and I know I said this on Saturday as well, but my Michael Penix Jr. overrated take was one of the worst takes of all time. Thank you. He is a great quarterback. Watch that guy play. That guy has dimes after dimes after dimes. He is a fantastic quarterback for Washington. So apologies to Michael Penix Jr. You are not overrated. Thank you. Genuinely, he is my Heisman pick. He was my preseason Heisman pick, and I think he could still run away with it right now. I think he's the second shortest or third shortest odds right now. So he's playing well. That'll be a fun one when ASU plays them a couple weeks from now. I think it's going to be a quarterback out of the Pac-12. I'm going to say it's going to be Bo Nix. I'm going to say it's going to be Caleb Williams. I'm going to say it's going to be Michael Penix Jr. And I still give a slight outside chance to Shador Sanders. Cameron Ward, too. We can't sleep on him anymore. Can't sleep sleep on Cameron (laughs) Ward. It's it's a great year for this conference. It's just What a banner year for the conference, it being there last year. Uh, really quickly, we're going to start with a quick recap of what happened last week in case you didn't hear our post-game pod of Arizona State against USC. 42-28, to USC, the victors there. They moved to 4-0 on the year, 2-0 in the conference. That drops ASU to 1-3. and uh, Really quickly, Jesse, what did you take away, particularly from ASU's side uh, with Drew Pine and the offensive play? ASU's offense with Drew Pine is not really where... I want it to be, but now, you know, we figured out that Drew Pine has been dealing with some injuries still. Mm -hmm. So I just don't know if we've actually seen what Drew Pine is capable of doing. So I might be taking that game with a little bit of a grain grain of salt just because, again, like he was really good against USC last year. This year, not so much. And so I think that, you know, maybe he is we need to see a fully healthy Drew Pine to really evaluate him, but it looks like we're not going to. Um, And then obviously the defense was sliced apart by Caleb Williams, but they didn't play absolutely atrocious. As I, as I think I said, after the, 
the game. I don't really remember, but um, they they didn't give up 65 points, 63 points, whatever to USC. It was it was 42 and they could have won that game with better quarterback play. So I think that it was a step in the right direction. And my biggest takeaway, as I said on Saturday, was that it showed that ASU is not going to just win one game this season. I mean, the big difference, just looking at the team stats, ASU kind of hung around in the passing department. USC had 322 passing yards, ASU 263. But the real disparity, and this doesn't give enough credit to what Camp Scadaboo was able to do on Saturday, 213 rushing yards for SC, 90 for ASU. It was very clear that they struggled to establish the run game throughout in a game where they were at one point within a touchdown of USC. And I even think early on, too, they had a lot of help from the crowd. They were able to first force an early turnover on USC, and that doesn't happen all that often. They had two total in the game. There were a lot of things to like about what ASU did, and I think you made an excellent point about how we didn't give enough credence to the fact that Drew Pine was recently coming off an injury the week before. Now he's dealing with another injury. We'll get into that more in a second. And 28 points is very admirable against this USC team. So... Positive direction, for sure. Correct. Yeah, I think that I I might have been a little too negative after the game is kind of my biggest takeaway. And that, again, I just really want to state that this was a positive step for ASU. It's going to show that they can play, that they're going to have more than just the one win this season. The question is now, are they going to get that win this weekend? It's their first road game of the year. They're taking on Cal. A Cal team that, as we just mentioned, they're not terrible, Jesse, but they're also coming off of a crushing defeat, 59-32 against Washington on the road. So very hard to judge this team right now. Very hard to judge this team. Washington's really good. Watching Washington, again, I, I think that they might be better than USC. Just their their defense looked a little bit better. Um, obviously their quarterback play is right up there, if not better right. than USC. And yeah, I thought they were really good, but Cal had some moments in that game, I will say. But the thing that Cal is lacking, like ASU, like Oklahoma State earlier this season, is their quarterback play is just, you kind of don't know what you're going to get. It's kind of funny, too. Sorry to interrupt. This is the second time ASU's played an opponent where we're very likely to see two different quarterbacks, maybe even three quarterbacks. Yeah, and we don't game. know who's starting from, right. what, from the articles that I've read. We don't know who's starting because Ben Finley started for them, local kid, Paradise Valley High School, um, against Washington. And he threw—I I watched the highlights—very some very poor interceptions in that game. Yeah. Three of them it, within, like, the first— 20-ish, 25 minutes of the game. Um, And so you don't want that at all. And then Sam Jackson came in. Sam Jackson the fifth, uh, not the the actor. Uh, He's in in his 70s. I'm not sure he's playing college football. Um, But he came in and he did some okay things, but it it was garbage time. Who knows what, you know, Washington was going out there with on defense. So... It it's just, I think that that's kind of where they lack because from what I saw, their their wide receivers are good. They got three running backs who can play. 
So I think it comes down to if ASU can make plays on against these quarterbacks who aren't great, then they, I think they can win this game easily. I still, easily win this I game. I still can't get over the fact. Yes, it's slightly ironic that ASU is now facing another opponent where they don't really know who their quarterback is. I was listening to a little bit of Justin Wilcox's uh, availability. He's the head coach of Cal. And he even said that it's kind of they're still figuring it out for the most part. I don't want to misquote him too much. But if you're going into week five of the season and you still don't know who your quarterback is supposed to be, that doesn't bode well. Ben Finley, I believe he said, didn't get a ton of reps in that Tuesday practice. So maybe he's practiced a bit more in a couple of days. I don't personally know. But when you have a duo like Ben Finley and Sam Jackson, the fifth, and they're getting you a couple of wins, granted against lesser opponents, maybe that does give you a bit of confidence against another conference team that optically might be performing at the same level that you are right now. Or lower. Maybe lower. If we're going to say that Washington and USC are about the same, ASU played much better against USC than Cal played against Washington. Yeah. Which leads me to believe that ASU is going to win this game. And I'm also confident. I know we've said what we said about Drew Pine. Like he's, he was injured. Yeah. Like he was playing hurt. That's what, that's what we can take away from this. He either struggled because he's not a great quarterback or it was because he's, he was dealing with injuries and he couldn't do what he was able to do last year at Notre Dame because of the injuries. Because the offensive line played pretty well last week for ASU. This week, after I thought maybe his season, his career maybe at ASU was over, mm-hmm. Trent Borgay, after he went down with that, what, what looked like an, a lower leg injury, let's just say, yeah. against um, Oklahoma State, that he was, he might not, or Fresno State, so I'm sorry, um, it, that he might be... Um, you know, done for the season, but it's, he's, he's good to go. Apparently he's going to start this week. Yeah. He's going to start this week. And I'm confident he did have the, the bad interception week, uh, against, um, Fresno state, but he came back out on that second drive that he had before he got hurt and was doing what we know that Trenton Borgay can do, which is move the offense down the field, you know, waste time off the clock in a good way. Um, and so I think that he can be, that with him as like a steady presence at quarterback for the first time, really this season for ASU that they've got the upper hand in quarterback and pretty much everywhere else, except for maybe running back, but Scadaboo is really good. They just don't have much behind him. That perfectly sets me up to what I was going to say is that I think with Borgay at the helm, a quarterback for this week, I think you can expect a much better rushing attack out of ASU now, granted, they're still dealing with a decimated O-line, so I understand it may be tough to come by, but if Cam Scadaboo proved anything last week against USC, it's that he's going to have no problem finding an open gap or making a man miss out in open space. And speaking of running backs, Jesse, I couldn't help but note, you put it in our show sheet, that Cal has the number 27 total offense in the NCAA this year. Yeah. And it's, respectfully, it's not been the quarterback play, yeah, it's been this three-headed monster at running back, led by Jaden Ott for Cal. Yeah, three hundred six yards, four touchdowns, five point seven yards per carry. Really good running back. They have uh, two backups that have uh, about four hundred, five hundred yards combined. Six touchdowns are averaging pretty good yards per carry as well. So it's going to be tough for ASU 
to stop the run. And we saw last week against USC that they were gashed. Yeah. And this is this is where I am concerned is that this rushing attack is really good. Not concerned about the quarterbacks, not concerned about the passing game. They have good wide receivers at at um Cal, but yeah. I, I just didn't see them, you know, if the quarterback can't really get the ball to those wide receivers as much, um, then that's gonna be a problem for Cal. But the running game, Cal's gonna Cal's gonna run the ball. They're gonna try to run the ball on ASU and that's where ASU is going to have to really step up on defense. How about this stat that I saw courtesy of the Cal uh, game notes for this week? Cal is outrushing its opponents 867 to 424. Yeah. That's a 216.8 yard per game to a 106 yards per game, which is the fourth best in the conference and 21st best in the nation. These guys don't mess around when it comes to running the ball, and they're very good at stopping you from running the ball. Yeah. To take away in just four games. I get it. Washington is probably the skewed part of it there. But they held Auburn to 14 points. And Auburn, as an SEC school, they're no slouch. And they, pay, and they play good competition year after year. That's an astounding disparity that Cal's able to force this year. Yeah. it's Again, it's just going to be super, super crucial. I hope that that's what they're working on. I don't really know how you practice stopping the run necessarily you just kind of have to go out there and do it um you got to have the guys that are able to do it is basically what i what i'm saying but um i i hope that's what they've been focusing on is making sure that the run is stopped i hope they load up the box i'm okay with you know single coverage on receivers in this game um i think that you've you've got to make sure that this running attack is at least neutralized. You might not be able to stop it, but you have to be able to neutralize it somewhat. So Jaden Knott has 308 yards. Isaiah Ifance has 236 yards on the season. And then Ashton Stredick has 182 yards on the year. The last time that Cal had three rushers with 500 or more yards in a season was 2015. Kalfani Muhammad, Trey Watson, and Vic Enware, do you remember who the quarterback was of that 2015 Cal team, Jesse? Jared Goff. Jared Goff. And that was one of the bigger wins that Cal had against ASU that year when Mike Berkovici was the starting quarterback. They won by a couple Berko. of points, and Goff led that charge, that comeback in Cal Memorial Stadium. But, <laughs> I remember it vividly. You mentioned the wide receivers, too. Another aspect of this Cal offense that ASU definitely needs to watch out for. Yeah, Jeremiah Hunter, especially. They, Taj Davis, Tron Grizel, also very good. But Jeremiah Hunter, 21 catches, 232 yards, three touchdowns against Washington last week. He had two spectacular catches, one on a corner end zone fade for a touchdown and the other on a deep throw that he was interfered with. He is a really good player. He can make tough catches, which against ASU's defensive backs, might come in handy because ASU, you know, has good corners, good safeties. So watch out for him. ASU's got to watch out for him. But again, if if he has a few big plays, but they stop the running game, I'm okay with that. And I think if anything, if you're ASU and your defense is able to slow the run and force the pass, I mean, it's all rooted in this quarterback play, right? And you mentioned that Ben Finley has made some Less than stellar turnovers, four interceptions on the year. Correct. Sam Jackson has a couple. He's not the most accurate quarterback based on his season statistics either. And this is another opportunity where if you play it right defensively and you're able to mitigate 
you know, another week of excessive ground game. I mean, Marshawn Lloyd for USC, 14 carries, 154 yards. That's nearly unacceptable. I get it. They're decimated all over the place. But if you can limit this rushing attack of Cal, force them to throw, I think you're right, Jesse. It sets up perfectly for these defensive backs, which we've applauded all year long as the best part of this defensive unit for ASU. Want to reel off some matchup stats because believe it or not, Jesse, I couldn't believe it. This is the first time these two have played since 2019. I was at that game. Were you really? At Cal, I covered it. That was my first ASU road game I had ever covered. How do you remember it? Uh, it was fun. I mean, that stadium is great. It's historic. Uh, it's costs a lot of money to maintain because yeah. it's built on top of a fault line. It's 100 years old as well, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it's a 100-year-old stadium that's built on top of a fault line. I might have just gone with a new stadium if I was Cal, but you kind of can't close Cal Memorial Stadium if you've ever been there. If you go to the top of the press box, too, you can look out, you can see... The Golden Gate Bridge, I believe, and you know a lot of the other bridges around the Bay Area. So it's it's a great place. Um, food in Berkeley is amazing. Um, <laughs> tangent uh, that that you know that hey, that's it, an important tangent. And it was a it was a good upset for ASU against a good ranked Cal team. Packed packed student section that night on a Friday. It was a Friday night game actually. Um, so yeah, I had a great time up there. Uh, it was a it was an exciting upset, close game. For the Sun Devils, um, it was Jaden Daniels' freshman year, so that was a really, really fun game to be at. But yeah, it's crazy that they haven't played since. I thought they they had played since then. I just didn't realize that they hadn't. I mean, I know they were supposed to play in twenty twenty. That's what I was going to say canceled, next. Yeah, but that it's wild to me that they haven't played it since twenty nineteen, and they're in the same conference for now. Cal won nine of the 11 in the series from 02 to 15. Of course, 15, we mentioned that was the game where Goff led that comeback at Cal Memorial Stadium. ASU's taken three of the last four games, and I understand it's been different look ASU's each time, and in that stretch, well, for a good chunk of it, they've had their current head coach in Justin Wilcox, but this could be a good win for Kenny Dillingham with everything that he's had to deal with. And I think for the most part, if you carry that momentum that they had against USC, this this could be another win and make it four out of the last five against a Cal Golden Bears team. Yeah, and it's on the road. Any win on the road is a good win. You you can be playing a horrible opponent, and if you win on the road, I consider that a good win for. I mean, all wins are good, but an extra good win are road wins, and if they can get one on. Saturday, then that's a big step in the right direction for Coach Dillingham and this staff and what they're trying to do at ASU. Okay, one last thing I wanted to touch on in regards to Cal. This has nothing to do with the actual game. I was just going through their game notes, and I was fascinated by this because I don't think I'd ever known this. When referring to football or any Cal athletics team, it is always California or Cal. When referring to the university or academics, it is UC Berkeley. Cal Berkeley is inaccurate and should not be used. Okay. I'm just passing that along. I thought that was interesting. Okay, that seems like you Arizona trying to tell us that they want to be called you Arizona and then everyone else is just like... Yeah, isn't second reference you Arizona? Isn't that supposed to be the second reference? I I believe so, but it's Uh, it's U of A. Yeah, we get it. It's U of A. Like, people aren't going to just change... And start calling a team U Arizona or a school U Arizona after years of calling it U. Would it be like if you want? It's going to be very hard to do that. Would it be like if you wanted to be started being called Jess? 
as opposed to Jesse? I mean, sure. Or if I wanted to go by Mitt instead of Mitch, which is already a shorter version of my first name. <laughs> that Wait a minute. Is that what that... Oh, okay, that's where Mitt comes from? I've never really understood where Mitt comes from. Got it. Okay, now well, maybe. I know. I don't I don't know if Mitt's an actual I've I've not met a lot of Mitts other than Romney, but I've never actually met, met him. Uh, no. I was like, okay, that, I think Mitt's just his full name. I don't know. He's got two T's. It'd be weird if it's spelled that way, that way. Okay, so fun game to look forward to this weekend. We'll give you our predictions momentarily, but uh meant to start with practice updates, and there are some key updates. We've mentioned this a bunch already. Drew Pine is out. Yep. Dealing with a third ailment, I believe, as Kenny Dillingham described it on Monday. Correct. Or Tuesday, excuse me. Trenton Borgay will start. He's healthy enough to go. He will start. Jacob Conover will follow behind him. We feel a bit more confident about what Borgay can do, only because we've seen him already in this offense. So maybe that's in favor of ASU. Uh, Wide receiver Jordan Tyson, who transferred from Colorado, he was back at practice yesterday, I read. But as far as I know, he is still out for this Saturday's game. But a step in the right direction because Tyson's another playmaker that this offense could use. And then I'm curious about your thoughts on this one. Will Schaefer, uh, the linebacker, he's going to redshirt, and then he's going to transfer after uh, this year is done. Yeah, not a big fan of that one. Like, either leave in the offseason or come back to school and play the whole year out, especially when you are receiving some playing time. Right. I just, I feel like it's kind of, you know, when it leaves ASU with six scholarship linebackers, it's kind of letting your team down in a bit, in a way. Um, Obviously, he's a college kid. I'm not going (laughs) to rip on him too much. There's probably a reason for why. There's probably some decisions with it other than the playing time. Correct. Correct. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to, get too mad at this, but I just, I don't like it is, is all I'll say. I don't like it. I was reading uh, Noah Furtado's practice report. He writes for Sun Devil Source, and he pointed out that if it has to do with playing time, Tate Romney has just lit the world on fire at the linebacker position. Yeah. I mean, we saw what he did last week against USC. Maybe that's a factor. We don't want to assume, but we will pass along, of course, that Will Schaefer, he's played four games, but he's going to redshirt it out and transfer at the end of the year. I also saw this note in uh, Noah's piece. Uh, less heavy rap reps at practice yesterday. Yesterday being Wednesday, we're recording this on a Thursday afternoon. Um, less heavy reps, more rotations because they just have they just don't have the too deep roster that they had at the beginning of the year. Love it, love it. Trying to keep your guys healthy. Got to do that. All right. Before we get into our score predictions, uh, let's go around other athletics and things happening within athletics at ASU. I'm going to start with men's hoops, Jesse, because you were there yesterday. You particularly were pleased with uh, Jemiah Neal and Frankie Collins in yeah, particular. Yeah, I saw a, a little bit of a couple of drills at the end, and they look good like they did last year, um, especially Jemiah Neal. Um, and Frankie Collins' shot looks good. Um, so I'm excited to see what those two guys can do. And from what Hurley and those guys have said is they've really stepped up as leaders this year and kind of are trying to bridge that culture from last season to this season. And they've had a lot of departures again, as we've mentioned. So Mm -hmm. if that's going to be important, if they want to have success this year, I, again, I really don't know much about this team because it's so new. I don't expect it to be very good, but I mean, Frankie Collins said there's no reason they should not be in the final four. So 
There you go. I love that energy. So I, I love the energy too. The Final Four is here. Why not have that goal of making it there? And I am, if, if it, that would be an unbelievable thing to happen for the Valley and for this program that has been just kind of fine. And I mean, if you're Frankie, you were on a team, you were a leader of a team that was quite literally a basket away from advancing to the round of 32 for yep. the for the first time in a very, very long time for ASU Hoops. I think the last furthest advancement that they had was when James Harden went to school here, if I'm not mistaken. If I need to be corrected on that, please let me know. Justin, you're probably able to correct me on that. But <laughs> this Hoops team, and particularly when it's been under Bobby Hurley, it's turnover year after year after year, it almost feels like. And I... I struggle to wonder where is the consistency and why is there no consistency, particularly with this team. And I date it back to when they had Josh Christopher in the fold and we figured that he was going to be a one and done. He was a, he was a top five. He was a five-star recruit out of high school. He was on his way out as soon as it was done, but we also didn't get the satisfaction of a, of ASU's version of Josh Christopher because it was a COVID season and he didn't play for much of it. Yeah. And then the whole Marcus Bagley situation that yeah. just never really materialized. Um, you've had really good players like Devin Cambridge and Warren Washington transfer away. It's just an interesting DJ Horn as well. It's just interesting to know why and if it's if it's all NIL, if it's all transfer portal, or if there's something else that is you know up. That's that's a question that is definitely um, valid. And I mean, so I was going to say we can assume NIL for the most part. I know in DJ's case, he probably wanted to be closer to family, you know, yeah. going to UNC. Then he's closer to home. But I can't imagine that he, there's not some sort of incentive as a result of being able to go to North Carolina. That's that's not just some random school in the country. That's that's UNC. That's a premier program in the ACC. Yeah. And I don't think that they're. I mean, and Desert Financial Arena, again, we've had this conversation, is not necessarily a fantastic place to play. It is old. It is it is dated. It needs to be fixed, replaced, whatever they got to do to make that place a better place and more welcoming to players and even fans, honestly. So that's a that's something that I think needs to be addressed in order to keep players, recruit, whatever they have to do, because... I know that shouldn't matter, but it does. So, yeah, I mean, I think that there's a lot of factors that are going into this, but I'm excited a little bit more after going to the first practice, first media availability. I think this team could be surprisingly good, kind of like last year's team. Only a few more weeks away from preseason play, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. it's November. It's coming up. Basketball is almost back here in Tempe. Yep. Uh, volleyball. Oh, I'm, I'm just going to read this because I'm still fascinated. Marta Levinska. The Latvian wonder. I don't know what her nickname could be. Pac-12 player of the week for the second consecutive week. Yeah. Which I I thought if I read correctly from the courtesy of the Sun Devils that no one in the Pac-12 has done that this year, at least. Um, they're still undefeated on the year, but they finally lost a set uh, to Washington, yeah, unfortunately, on Sunday. Washington's solid program, though. You know, They're going to lose some sets. You know who else is a solid program is number three, Stanford, who they're going to be on the road at tomorrow. Ooh, that'll that's be, gonna be one that 
I got to figure out how to tune in, too. That'll be a massive test. Oh, by the way, I'm burying the lead. Volleyball's finally ranked. They're 25th in the country. Yeah. That's pretty I, good. Yeah, pretty good, I think. Now, Jeremy uh, would say that they need to be ranked a lot higher, that they need to be top 10. Look, I'll say that, too. They're undefeated. Yeah, <laughs> what yeah, but more I, do you want to see? I mean, as Jeff Metcalf, the great Jeff Metcalf, informed me, their, their schedule has not been that good. Sure. So strength of schedule has, has to be taken into factor here. I'm just glad that they're ranked we ne- we didn't see this very much, if at all, under Sonia Tomasevich. So this is a great step in the right direction. Again, love what JJ Van Neal's doing. Lavinska, great player. They've got Shannon Shields, great player. It's 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 coming around, and I'm excited to see what they can do for the rest of this season. But again, the number three Stanford. That this is this is the real test. I am pumped for this one. A win against them, and who knows where they they could land. they could shoot up to the top ten in the next hundred percent, top fifteen, top ten, hundred percent if they beat Stanford. Soccer, their final trip to the Bay Area, um, of course, with conference separation happening next year. Another number three Stanford. That's today is when ASU soccer will play them, and then they have Cal on Sunday. So they're doing the Bay Area swing this weekend. A couple of big games for ASU soccer. So is, are all the teams in the Bay Area this weekend? Maybe. Are they just going to get together and I, have a picnic? <laughs> I think that's the, the how re- it works. The, the real sports fans will get that. So I know I, I know when during the basketball season they line up similarly, right? So Yeah, the, but it's but but the the women's team is home and the well, men's team is on the a court. road. This is three different sports. Yeah, but, but it could be, you know, separate days. Uh, they never men's and women's usually don't play on the same day. It's usually Friday, Sunday, women's and Thursday, Saturday, men's. Yeah, so yeah, but again, they should get together, have a picnic, hang out, football team, soccer team, See, volleyball you, team. You make these references that I don't understand. And Mike Francesa's show. Jeremy's not here to help you Mike, either, Mike Francesa's show. All right. It's time. Picks. Um, you have Jeremy's pick. Let's get his out of the way first because he's not here. Jeremy says it's going to be a close one with ASU winning 21-17. 21-17. By the way, we're picking ASU Cal. I should have clarified that. Football Correct. on yeah, Saturday. Football. There's a lot of Cal and There's Stanford a lot of Cal, there's a lot of Stanford, there's a lot of ASU. There's a lot of just Bay area, <laughs> San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose. All right, you done <laughs> naming Bay Area cities? All right. I'm not confident in how I'm going to lean in this one, but I agree with you that this is one that ASU should and will win despite everything that's happened. But I don't think they're going to be storming offensively by any means. I think it's going to be a 21. Heck, I'll go 21-20. I think this is close. Wow. Really close. I'm going to go in favor of ASU. I'm going to go pretty close to what you all have done. I think they're going to score a little bit more than... Both you and Jeremy have said at 21. I th- I'm going to go 28 to 17 with the Sun Devils taking it. Okay. This is going to be the big the big win for Kenny Dillingham to start his career. I know he beat Southern Utah. That was a weird game. It was close. But I think he's going to come out. He's going to have a signature win on the road at Cal. I know Cal's not the best program I was going to say, can we call it a signature win? Yes, because it's a it's his first road win, and it would be his first Pac-12 win which is a huge deal for him. Okay. So, yeah, this is going to be a, a big win for ASU. I think they're going to win by 11, 28, 17. Okay. So all three of us have ASU winning. No, we're not biased. We just happen to do a podcast about ASU. No, I'm the biased one, actually. Homer. Uh, Homer Mitch, 
<laughs> totally unbiased journalist me. Totally 100% unbiased, even right. though, you know, I went to ASU. All right, enough um, out of you. And then Jeremy's somewhere in the middle. <laughs> uh, as far as the regular Arizona sports and Arizona State crossover radio schedule is, uh, every Tuesday, the Anderson Healy Show latest podcast drops. That's always available wherever you get your podcasts, or you can get it on the Arizona Sports app or ArizonaSports.com. Just yesterday at 7 was the weekly Sparky's Den with Kenny Dillingham. That podcast should be available now. Also, wherever you get your podcast, and on Arizona Sports app and ArizonaSports.com. Uh, tomorrow, Friday at 7 a.m., uh, Coach Kenny Dillingham will have his Activate the Valley show with Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports and wherever you listen to Arizona Sports. And then this weekend, Saturday, for the football game at Cal, it is a noon kickoff so the earliest one the devils have had this year oh thank god pregame coverage is going to start at 9 30 we will carry it on arizona sports 98 7 and the arizona sports app so plenty of ways to consume your asu athletics for this week and every week and if you want some more of this or you want a video version of this i don't know which camera to point at but we're in a different studio today just with jeremy gone but hello cameras just waving at whatever you know, cameras ho- we have. Hopefully, hopefully Jeremy can post this. He's again. I, I have. He's meeting the president. He's meeting people. the president. He hasn't gotten back to me. So hopefully this is on. This is going to be on the Arizona Sports YouTube channel. We'll it, see. We'll see. TVD. Uh, if it's not, we we apologize. You know, again, gotta gotta cover the president in this industry. Yeah, that's just how it works. Um, the Arizona Sports YouTube channel is where you can find. Prior podcasts, maybe this podcast, who knows? But you can, see a, you can see a whole bunch of content that Arizona sports has turned out this week. I heard there was a big trade in the NBA what? that went down yesterday. D-backs playoff run? That too. There's a lot Cardinals going on beat the Cowboys? in what? Arizona sports right now. You can follow this show, State of the Sun Devil Show, on X. Still Twitter. Still Twitter. Twitter.com. And, it and takes on you to it. Instagram, the, the handle is at AZ Sports Devils. Again, on Twitter, X. And Instagram. Still Twitter. We have a Threads account, too. We're still figuring it out. But when we do figure it out, we'll let you know. But in the meantime, at AZ Sports Devils on X, Twitter, and Instagram. That's going to do it for this preview pod. Any final thoughts, Jesse, before we close things out? It's still Twitter. That's a great final thought. He's Jesse Morrison. Jeremy Chanel on assignment, meeting the president. He'll be back for the postgame pod against Cal. For all of them, I'm Mitch Varel. This saying so long, and we'll talk to you Saturday. Thank <laughs> you.